welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Tonight, we are going to be looking at a topic that all of us should know about, and it's something that we're all faced with, we deal with, and ultimately, it's what we're headed for, and that is death. And I think this is an issue that many folks do not think about. And I believe it's important for us to see what the Bible says and also to give us hope and comfort for when the Scriptures tell us here what death is going to be like. So we're going to read this, um, and we're, um, we're going to read and turn to several passages here. I also have them up on the screen, but our main one we're going to look at is going to be in Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Luke 8, 22. And this is actually a miracle here. So it fits in with our Sunday morning sermon series, going through miracles. But it's also one that's important because we see how even the disciples in the presence of Jesus, they were worried about dying. And they used the word death or dying in the presence of Jesus and then after we look at this, we're going to turn back from all the way to the Garden of Eden. And then we're going to see here what Jesus says about death. We're going to see how Paul writes how death actually is uh, the moment we die, we step into the presence of God. And then we actually see that death will be no more in the book of Revelation. It will actually come to an end. And death in many ways is, or it is, the most democratic of all life experiences. We all will participate in death. I have it up on the screen here. There's two people in the history of the world who did not die. This is it. Only two people have never died. And the first one is a man named Enoch. Enoch never experienced death. Enoch walked, or he... Um, he lived for 65 years, and he pretty much did for the first 65 years. He did whatever he wanted to, and he, had, he gave birth to a son named Methuselah, who actually is the oldest human ever to live, 969 years old. He holds the record, Methuselah does. That's Enoch's son. And then at age 65, after he had his son Methuselah, Enoch, it says he began to walk with God. So, as a 65-year-old man, he basically got saved. And he started walking with the Lord. And it says for 300 years, he walked with God. And then at age 365, the Bible says that Enoch was no more because the Lord took him. The next person who never died was Elijah. Elijah was a great Old Testament prophet. Elijah was getting on up there in years, and he was mentoring a young man named Elisha. And it says they were walking along, and they were just talking any other day. This was in 2 Kings chapter 2. And it says a whirlwind came, and these chariots of fire came from heaven and picked up Elijah and took him to the Lord, took him home to heaven. And his, man, his uh, robe and his mantle, they, just, they fell down right there in front of Elisha. And just like that, Elijah also went to heaven. Now, you say, Pastor, what about Jesus? Jesus conquered death 
Absolutely, he resurrected. But Jesus did experience death. Jesus died. That's, what we, that's why we observe on Good Friday. So we look at this, unless we are Enoch or Elijah, and God is not adding any more to his word, we, unless Jesus comes back, we are going to die. This is a fact. And the most important thing for us is make sure that we know spiritually, are we prepared to meet God? And we're going to see what the Bible says about that. So that's, that is tonight's message. This is one that we need to be prepared to talk to other folks about. One that we should not be bashful. I want to tell you, if you know of someone who is extremely sick, or they're, they have a terminal disease, or they um, realize their time is short, you need to have this conversation with them. So many people don't want to talk about death. They don't want to have this discussion. And the Bible tells us and commands us that this, is, this should be expected of us. So that's what we're going to be looking at here. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. One day he and his disciples got into a boat. And he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they set out. As they were sailing, he, meaning Jesus, fell asleep. Then a fierce whirlwind or windstorm came down on the lake, and they were being swamped and were in danger. Have you ever felt in danger of anything? I'm sure many of us have, where there's a time where all of a sudden you're worried about something is going to happen. It, um, uh, there might be some seconds there thinking, is, um, is, am I going to make it? And that's how they felt here. The storm is coming down. Then he got up, or, or before they got up, they came and they woke him up saying, Master, Master, we're going to die. The disciples used that word. You're, we're going to die. They're reminding Jesus who can raise people from the dead, who have authority over death, who have authority over nature. These disciples are scared of their death. And Jesus here, he got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. He spoke to the wind, he spoke to the waves, and they stopped, they ceased. And then there was this calm, and he looks at them and he says, where is your faith? Meaning, are you going to allow the fear of death to paralyze you? Live in this paralysis of fear. Jesus does not want us. We as Christians, we should not live in this, the agony of death. Now, we don't live reckless lives and foolish lives seeing what we could do. But the, 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 the thought of death, the reality of death for us, it holds no power over us as believers. They were fearful and amazed and asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey Him. So we see Jesus here has authority over nature. Jesus here is rebuking the disciples for the lack of faith, which is reflective in their fear of dying. So then we ask the question, where did death come from? Death came 
from the Garden of Eden. I want to turn here in our Bibles, and we're going to see this. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, this is where we, got, we received free will. If we did not have the ability to die, we also would not have the ability to follow the Lord. That's why the Lord created death. Say, so why, why did God create this ability to die? Because this Bible verse is going to tell us why death exists. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. So we're in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord God commanded Adam, you are free. We're free. And we have that freedom tonight as a believer. Every time we are confronted with the Lord speaking to you, the Lord has a message for you, we're free to how we respond to that. It says, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. By allowing the possibility of eating from this tree and Adam and Eve dying, that allows for what we call free will. We can choose to follow or not follow the Lord. Now, in the whole doctrine of free will, God sovereignly works in our lives. He sends His Holy Spirit in your life. He brought you at church here tonight to hear this message. God convicts us of sin. Are you wrestling with any sin? Are you struggling with something? That's called conviction. The Lord moves in your heart. But where did death come from? It came from the Lord. Do you know, I was, when I was preparing this, I even put it on Facebook. You know, starting in chapter 3, there's two animals in the Bible that speak. The serpent and then a donkey. Balaam's donkey speaks. That's it. So when you talk to your animals, no, they can't really talk back. Because only a snake, was in that, that was in the Garden of Eden, the temptation. And the Bible says that that serpent was more cunning than all the other creatures. So it was unique in Genesis 3.1. And then Balaam's donkey actually saved his life. Because if you remember that story, he was riding his donkey to Balak, who was going to basically say, put a curse on Israel. And the donkey ran off in the field. Then he ran into a wall. And then the angel of the Lord is standing there holding a sword. And what does the donkey do? He sits down. And Balaam's like, what are you doing, you, do- you mule? Come on. He starts beating the donkey. And the Bible says the Lord opened his mouth. What was crazy about that is Balaam answered back and started talking to the donkey. He didn't think anything of it. The donkey's like, why are you beating me? And he says, donkey, you're a fool. Look at you. Wow, you've ran me on the wall like you've run over here. What's happened to you? And he's beating him. And then he says, well, there's an angel in front of me holding. And then the Lord opened his eyes. Bible tells us here that this occurred so we actually have the ability to follow the Lord. Part of our life and what we do is daily we're either going to live a life of choosing or not choosing to follow Jesus. And that comes from the Garden of Eden. 
and the result of that is death. All right, so flip over here in your Bible. Death here, is this is an enemy of mankind and God. God had to create death, ultimately, so people would choose to follow Him. And we know the story of, the story of the Bible is a redemption from death. Flip over here to John chapter 11. Jesus spoke also about this. John chapter 11, verse 25. Death here prepares us. We're leading up to this final perfection. Much of our Christian life is what we call sanctification, which is becoming more and more Christ-like and more and more holy for the Lord. So we get to this point here where Jesus has this conversation with a lady named Martha. Because Martha, she was related, her brother was Lazarus. Lazarus, he died. He had been dead for four days. And Jesus makes a profound statement here in John chapter 11. Look what he says. Verse 25. Jesus said to her, actually in verse 24, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again on the resurrection at the last day. Talking about her brother. Like, I know he's going to be resurrected. We all know that, Jesus. And Jesus looks at Martha and says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Folks, this is why we as Bible-believing Christians, this is why we are against abortion. This is why we stand for life. This is why, this is why inner cities with shootings, you all have, there's shootings here in our city all the time. Wait, crime is out of control. And folks, we stand for life. Say, why do we stand for life? Because the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the life. I came to save people. Jesus' ministry, starting all the way back to Genesis, choosing to follow the Lord, is one of life. What good does it? Taking life. The Bible says the only reason that someone should be allowed to take someone else's life is if they, based on the Noahic covenant, coming out of the boat in, in, the, in, the book of no, in the book of Genesis, God told Noah that if someone kills someone else, then you are allowed to kill that person if they are guilty. If they take someone's life, you, their payment will be their life. And the reason God said that was because He had to send the flood because of lawlessness all over the earth. People were ruthlessly killing one another until God gave that permission to Noah and that covenant. No one knew killing was wrong, I guess. It was just going about left and right. And God saw it, there was wickedness all over the land. And for us, we are men and women. We are believers of life. We come here and preach a message of life. When you get saved, you're giving your life to Christ. We celebrate new life in a church. That's why we're constantly talking about children and youth and babies and young people coming up. Folks, our ministry, the moment we're born, we all know we're actually just slowly getting there of death. We are investing in people behind us who one day will take the mantle 
Elijah will go to heaven, the mantle falls, and they carry on the mission. And that mission is the Word of God. That's why we are a Bible-believing church. We are a Bible-believing people, and we stand for life. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. The one who believes in me, meaning anyone who believes in me, even though he dies, he will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now that death, that death Jesus is talking about is ultimately the second death. We are born twice as Christians and we die once. Lost people are born once and die twice. And we're going to see in the book of Revelation what I'm talking about. Jesus tells us it is coming. He is warning us. There is the common death that we all experience, but there's something worse. And that's the death of an unbeliever. Jesus reminds us that our mission is actually one of belief in following Him. And He asks the question, I've said it before many times, whenever we see a question in the Bible... We have to say, God, why did you include this? And he says, do you believe this? I want you to know something. This scripture here, you can literally write it down. If you know of someone who's facing death, who is not, who's not saved, who doesn't know the Lord, maybe they're on hospice and their time is limited, you can actually take them, John eleven twenty five and 26, and sit at their bedside and uh, read this scripture. And that question, do you believe this? Pose that to them. Do you believe this? Have you given your life to Christ? Have you trusted in Him? Even though you die, you live. Now flip over here in your Bible to what Paul says about death. Keep flipping your Bible. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5. Look at what verses 6-10 through 10 tells us. Many of us wonder what occurs when maybe uh, you pass away. Do you immediately go into the presence of God? Uh, one time, um, uh, we knew a pianist who um, was a Seventh-day Adventist. And Seventh-day Adventists go to church on Saturday. Now, Saturday is the Sabbath. The, that never changed in the Bible because God doesn't change. So God created, and I will explain why. Day one in the Bible is actually Sunday today. That is the day God said, let there be light. That's also the day, that same, this is so important, that same day, let there be light, who was resurrected on Sunday morning? It was Jesus, who is the light of the world. That's Sunday. We worship, today's actually called the Lord's Day. That's what the book of Acts describes this day. The Sabbath is actually Saturday. Our Jewish brethren, they continue to worship on Saturday. But we as Bible-believing Christians, we worship the Lord on the Lord's Day, which is today. But we knew a Seventh-day Adventist, and Seventh-day Adventists believe in something called soul sleep. Soul sleep teaches, it's a false doctrine, that teaches that the moment you die, your soul just stops. And it waits. 
It doesn't do anything. It doesn't go up in the air of the Lord. It doesn't go on the ground. You're just there. What are you waiting for? You're waiting for the second coming. And then at the second coming, all of a sudden, then you stand before the Lord. That's going to go directly against what we're about to read here in 2 Corinthians. And the Bible tells us that immediately, when we pass away, when we, our heart stops beating, we step into eternity in the presence of God. Say, Pastor, what about, what about the second coming, and what about my uh, final glorified body? The Bible does teach us, if we pass away before the Lord returns, at the second coming, we will also participate in that, from heaven, will come and witness the second coming. Every, well, everyone will participate. It's ever lived in the second coming of Christ. And we receive a final glorified body. But look what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. For we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Meaning, even though we use the word home, even though it is a church, I think even our slogan we use is welcome home. Technically, that's not right. We aren't home here. This is not our home, the Bible tells us. I use the phrase church home. This church home, that's not even biblical. Our home is in heaven. This is a temporary dwelling for us to live our 78 years for the Lord. That's all that matters. And it says here, we're confident that we're we're. While we're home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That goes back to this morning when I said, it's possible for you to have eyes and you can't see. We, we know there's something more. That's why when Jesus, He touched that man in Mark chapter 8, and He looked around and He saw trees walking around. And He says, do you see anything? Implying there's something there. There's something more to what you see. Bible's telling us here, we don't live just by sight. We live by faith. Meaning there's more than what we can see. In fact, we are confident. And we should prefer to be away from the body. And look at this. And to be home with the Lord. Our home's in heaven. The moment we're no longer here, at this so-called home, our home of our body, we are at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we're at home or away, so right now we're, we're away, we're away from home, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. You don't get repaid for what you do in heaven. It's over, it's sealed. We give an account for our lives. After this service, we have business meeting. We as a church, we will give an account for our mission. We give an account for what we do. As your pastor, I give an account for biblical doctrine, for ministry, for our practice. Could you imagine if we were a church that was preaching a social gospel or a woke gospel? Or some other, whatever the current trend is today? Not at all. That's not biblical Christianity. We give an account. 
And the Bible's telling us, you stand before the judgment seat of God and you answer for yourself. All right, last scripture here. Flip over in your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation, chapter 20. This is our last scripture for tonight. This is where death ends up. So we've seen here, summing all this up, the disciples, even though they were in the presence of the Lord, they were scared of death. Where did death come from? Actually, the purpose of death started because of free will. Jesus then tells us that He is the resurrection. He is the life. That even even though people die, they, they don't die. Because they only die one time. They don't really experience true death. And then Paul says, if your home is not here in heaven, or here on earth, it's actually your home is in heaven. And that's where we need to aim to please God. Because the moment we pass away, we are immediately in the presence of the Lord. And for us, we take hope and comfort. If you have family members that have passed away, they are in heaven with the Lord if they're saved. We know they're not floating around. They're not ghosts. They're not soul sleeping or whatever. They're, they're with the Lord. And that Bible verse tells us, we just read, while He has left us here, He has left you here on earth with the greater and better purpose of doing ministry for the Lord. We don't just live for ourselves. We live for Jesus. And look what happens here. Last scripture tonight. Revelation chapter 20, verse 13. Bible says, this is the great white throne of judgment. This is the last judgment in the Bible. Christians will not be at this judgment. If you are saved right now, this judgment is not for you. This judgment are people who lived through the tribulation and who who did not accept Christ as their Savior. Like this is the end. This is all accountability. It says in verse 13, Then the sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. That means if there's some dead people anywhere in the world, because we know God created us with the soul. That goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When we are told that we are created in the image of God, that is what sets us apart from animal kingdom and animal life. We were created like the Lord. Jesus came into this world because why? He's like the world. or He's a man like us in here in the world. He took the form of a human. And it goes on to say, each one was judged according to their works. Death and Hades, look at this. Death, notice that word. That means this concept of dying. This concept of Hades, which is the place of the dead. In the Bible, they were thrown into the lake of fire. Folks, that is hell. Death, meaning this idea that a soul, a human, can die is actually going to come to an end in Revelation chapter 20, verse 14. This is the second death, the lake of fire. That's another word for hell. And anyone whose name was found, written in the book of life, was thrown into the lake of fire. That means literally God is telling us what is going to happen. There's going to be a giant book, a book with every name in the world that's ever lived in the history of mankind, in the great right throne of judgment, 
If your name is not in that book, you are lost. And you are thrown into a lake of fire. Notice the lake of fire. Satan has already been thrown into the lake of fire. He's chained up down there. His time is over. Do you know who sends people to hell? It's God. Our sin causes us to be sinners, and that's why God sends us to hell. The devil doesn't send people to hell. The Lord does. Because of our free will, going back to Genesis chapter 2, that scripture we read, and we have chosen to reject the Lord. So we look at this entire story of death, and we know that for us as believers, there is no reason for us to fear death. We confidently want to stand before the Lord with clean hands and say, God, I live for You. I use my time. I use my talents. I use my gifts for You, Lord. That is what it means to be a man or a woman of God. Folks, are you living that way? I want to encourage you. If you know of someone who's very sick, you need to take them that Scripture in John eleven twenty five and 26. And you read that to them and ask that question. Do you understand this, what Jesus says? Do you grasp what I'm, He's saying? How you can actually die yet live when someone's been born again. Our message is one of life. We are men and women of the Lord and we stand for life. It should not bring us joy to see other people in pain. We should never rejoice with death because death was never part of God's original creation. God did not want Adam and Eve to die. But He, in order for people, for them to choose to live for the Lord, He had to create death as an alternative. Because if He didn't, then they would, not have, they would not have the ability to love and to follow and to live and to choose God. They would just be people out there that wouldn't have any free agency. The Bible uses the word free. And tonight we decide, God, I'm going to choose to live for you. We are free. Not only are we free spiritually, we're also free, hopefully we continue to be this way as Americans, and we don't ever take this for granted. Especially our spiritual freedom. And our spiritual freedom is that we choose daily to live for God. And we urge and plead other people that they also need to live for God. Lord, I pray for this message tonight. I pray that it is sealed upon our hearts. Lord, You take it. And Lord, it pierces us. And Lord, we are devout for You. Jesus, I thank You for bringing us all here to worship and to look at this important issue of something that was frightening to the disciples when they saw the wind and they saw the waves. Lord, we should not fear death. God, thank you for this message. And we just pray that it is something we take and realize and teach to others and to give hope and comfort. Lord, this invitation, as I spoke about free agency and the freedom to live and to choose you, Lord, we pray we boldly respond, never bashful, boldly respond to you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. We can close this worship service here with our invitation. David's going to lead us in our song. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. I'm going to be standing down front. You come forward, take my hand and say, Pastor, I want to follow Jesus.